Welcome to the St. Michael Fall Podcast Series. My name is Eric, and I'll be leading our meditation today. Our theme this fall is discipleship. May you be blessed for the Christian journey. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. A reading from Luke, chapter 4, verses 14 through 30. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, No prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up for three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them, except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Here ends the reading. Before Jesus calls his disciples, and just after his baptism and temptation in the wilderness, Jesus gives his mission statement. As he reads from the Isaiah scroll in his hometown church, Jesus is telling the people who knew him best that he is the long-expected Messiah of God, sent into the world to make things right. And this is what Jesus does to set things right in the world. He heals the brokenhearted, announces the release of prisoners, recovers the sight of the blind, and proclaims the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus' reading from Isaiah and his comments follow mean that the people who have known him his whole life can no longer see him as they always have, as Mary and Joseph's son, as a simple village carpenter. Instead, he is the one who they've been waiting for all of their lives and for generations before. Let's put ourselves in the place of those first hearers. They had reasonable expectations about who the Messiah would be, learned over the generations, and suddenly Jesus appears on the scene and uproots those expectations and flips them around. If we want to be critical of the crowd for their anger at Jesus, we also need to wonder at our own capacity 
to hear new things from God? Is Jesus calling us to action today in a way that might anger us or might challenge our expectations about God in our own lives? Luke wants his readers to know right up front that Jesus is the Messiah and that he claims this identity at the beginning of his ministry in Galilee. In Mark's accounting, the messianic identity of Jesus is a secret throughout the gospel. But early on, Luke wants us not only to know who Jesus is, but also what he's up to. He offers us Jesus's mission statement. Now, if you could choose just a few words which might encapsulate who you are, the words that would communicate the very essence of yourself, your life, your commitments, what would these words be? When it comes to Luke's gospel, these are the words chosen for Jesus. Anointed. Sent. Messiah. This passage is essentially Jesus' life, ministry, and purpose wrapped up in a neat little package. The vision we hear in Jesus' announcement is the description of the kingdom of God. It is a promise of God's help and of God's presence. And all of this and more is summarized by the words, Good news. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What is striking, if you listen closely, is that this good news is only good if you're willing to admit what is hard in your life, what is lacking, what has been most difficult. It's not good news in a general sense, but rather good news for the poor. It's not just release, but release for those who are captive, sight to those who are blind, freedom to those who are oppressed. You see what I mean? God offers words of comfort, but such words only mean something to those living in discomfort. How do we hear these words today? We spend so much time acting as if we have it all together. We spend so much money trying to look better, get fitter, to appear younger. There's so much pressure on us externally from the culture at large and internally from ourselves to not need anything or anyone. And this makes us wonder if Jesus' message has any value for today's listeners, at least in our American culture. Except for one thing. The stories we tell ourselves about being perfect the advertisements that promise us that if we just purchase this product, we'll never feel insecure again. All of these are false, and deep down, we know this. So while Jesus' message is good news, in order for us to hear it that way, it must first strike us as bad news. The bad news that we are not who we want to be, can be, and should be, and we never will be on our own. Jesus comes bringing good news to those in need, and those who don't see or admit their need want nothing to do with him. But when we can admit that we have needs, when we can be honest about our deep hurts, fears, and longings, three things happen. First, we feel an immense freedom simply from admitting the truth. Hearing bad news when it is the truth is still better than a pretty lie. Second, we can receive the help and comfort that God offers. Release, sight, healing, freedom, and more. Third, we realize we don't simply receive help and comfort, but we are also invited to offer these gifts to other people. We are invited, that is, not just to hear and receive good news, but to be the good news itself. We who follow Jesus today physically embody who Christ is and live out our lives as God's hands and heart in 
and as the community of faith. We offer courage and comfort to those who are afraid. We pray and anoint those who are sick, caring for their bodily ailments, even as we minister to their spiritual and emotional needs. We fight against the dangers and powers of loneliness and isolation as we gather together as the beloved community in order to encourage each other and to be strengthened in our discipleship. This passage from Luke is for us an epiphany. Jesus' words manifest, show forth for us what it means to live a life of faith as his disciples. Our call is to take Jesus' vision and mission seriously and to strive to embody the same mission today in our community, to bring good news to those who are poor, to proclaim release to those living in captivity, to help those who are blind to see again, to work for freedom for those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Our Savior lived out his mission at every chance he had during his ministry, and he is inviting us to do the same. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose Spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, received our supplications and prayers, which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. <laughs>